Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is my good friend Frank Madden. It is July 3rd at 10.42 p.m. Um, I don't know, how's, how's your July 4th strange weekend going, Frank? Like, it's kind of long, but maybe some people had to work today and maybe some people didn't. How's your weekend? I, I did not work today, so this weekend is just fantastic for me <laughs> uh four day week i mean you can't really ask for much more short of just not working at all all week uh four day weekend and then you get the short week coming out of it um i'm i'm enjoying it greatly although i along with the rest of bucks nation did not enjoy the rumors today eric did you enjoy the rumors <laughs> that came out that started this morning at i think 8 a.m when adrian rojnarowski reported that the bucks were meeting with Derek rose today did you enjoy today's meet today's uh bucks twitter celebration of that fact or did you not enjoy that believe it or not i did not love it i, I did not have a great <laughs> time with it uh it, w- it was not the most fun rumor i've ever seen um and we 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 have a history with the derrick rose to milwaukee rumor because we like scoffed at it earlier this year during the season when i think it was when the bucks played the the knicks and someone was like Oh, you're a free agent, Derek. Would you consider playing in Milwaukee? And he was like, "Yeah, it's close to Chicago, where I'm from." <laughs> and then it was like, you know, Derek Rose wants to go to Milwaukee. And we, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like overstate what we said. We just basically, we we didn't even want to like dignify that as a rumor. I, I can't remember if it was suggesting, th- you know, like I don't think it was suggesting. I mean, that's that still the Bucks a might fact. Trade for him, but I think it's yeah. still a fact. Milwaukee is still relatively close. It is to true. Chicago. It, like, a geographic truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we were, we were not fans of that idea when it was mentioned earlier this season. And I would hazard to say that we share the opinion of most of Bucks nation when we say we would not be fans of Derek Rose becoming a Milwaukee Buck now. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how else to say it. I, I think there's very little to me, uh, that I've seen in the last year, two years, three years that would suggest that. He fits well with this team. I don't. I don't really know what you could be envisioning to think that he would. Um, maybe some scoring capability and some playmaking, but <laughs> I like. I just don't really buy into that anymore with him. I, I just think he's lost so much of his athleticism, and he's not the guy that would just dunk on you uh, like he was with the Bulls. Like I, I just don't think he's that guy anymore. Um, so I guess I'm going to discount that and then add on to that, that he's had attitude issues in New York. And again, New York's a mess, don't get me wrong. Um, but 
Milwaukee's kind of venomous this summer. Uh, so that might not work out. I don't know if he would be cool with a role knowing that this is not his team, this is Giannis's team. Um, and you know what? Maybe he's not even second in the pecking order. Maybe this is Chris Middleton's team after uh, Giannis is done. And after Chris, maybe it's Thon. And after Thon, maybe it's the injured Jabari Parker. Like, it, you'd be, you would not be number one, two, three, four, or five on the pecking order. You would be much lower than that. So I, I think you have all that. And then, man, I didn't even get it into the off-the-court stuff which is just a disaster for him. Um, I, I just don't know how you could add a guy like that and then still attempt to say that you have a focus on high character and the type of person uh, that these guys are off the floor if you would bring in a guy like Derrick Rose. Yeah, l- let's just start with that. Um, I mean, we can, we can talk about the basketball side of it as well. Um, but so, look, I, I, will, I will not claim to know Derek Rose, the person I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have a window into Derek Rose's soul and whether or not he's, you know, a better or worse person than the average NBA player. And I'm not going to act like I don't want to sound naive and acting like every NBA player or every player on the Bucks is, you know, a choir boy, you know, Jabari, Jabari Parker type guy, um, which is ironic because Jabari has always looked up to Derek Rose because they went to the same high school and Jabari's Twitter picture is of a very young Jabari and Derek Rose. So he has at least one <laughs> character witness in his favor. But and then we talked about this earlier. But I mean, if you read any of the transcripts from the civil trial that Derek Rose was involved in last fall, this was basically a ran up through the preseason. Um, you know, there, there has not been a criminal, an open criminal charge associated with it. But the long and short of it, and I, I have no interest in making this a, a locked on litigation episode, but you know, just you can Google it uh, and, and read more about it. But it, it is a very unpleasant story about Derek Rose and some friends involved in sex with a woman who Derek Rose knew. And long story short, they're basically he and he and his he and his friends were accused of like gang raping this woman. I mean, this is like hideous horrible stuff and he was again not criminally charged he was sued in a civil case and he won that case so he has not been you know found guilty in a civil or criminal trial of the sort but the stuff that like was said in this trial i mean is just like look i i don't want to root for this guy i don't want this guy on my team okay we'll get into some of the basketball stuff you know, this is not a guy that I, I want to go and watch Bucks games and say like, oh, yeah, Derek Rose, let's hope he does. Like, I don't want this guy on my team. Right. And as a fan, I mean, it, it's sort of these things like we can say like, oh, well, you know, NBA players, like, well, they're professionals like they who knows what they get. Well, no, no, just go sign a backup point guard who is who is not charged in a civil rape case in the last ever. Right. Like, yes. This doesn't happen to mo- to NBA players typically, so just go find one of those good people. You know, if you're going to go talk about Bucks DNA and character and all this other crap, which I like to think is a real thing, then don't go sign Derrick Rose and don't go sign up for all the bullshit that Derrick Rose brings with him. Which, let's be honest, yep. started a long time before this and includes, you know, stories about him and Jimmy Butler, you know, butting heads and you know him going AWOL on the Knicks and disappearing basically without any explanation at one point last year. It's just, I just, you know, I don't need this guy. Like, I, you've got a nice thing going with some really nice, high character young players with Giannis, 
and Thon and Jabari and Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon and guys who, you know, again, not to sound naive, seem to be the kind of people that you want to root for, seem to be the kind of people you want to entrust your franchise in. And I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you can give your opinion on this, Eric. I, I think we're more or less on, this, on the same page. But, um, you know, I realize that, that every that that in pro sports teams make trade-offs and and you know especially given that legally he has not been you know he's not guilty of a crime here that people will make a trade-off and say like well if the guy's good enough well we'll look the other way but that's what's that's what that's what's like incredible it's like well what do you even shit make sure he's good enough (laughs) yeah like like i don't want to root for a guy even if he was really good right like this is not a person i want associated and then on top of that like you're gonna go and put this guy you know basically like validate this guy for like on court like a guy who has ample evidence that he would be destructive to this team and and compliment this team horribly so i don't know i've said a lot you can pick whichever part of that you want to go with eric but i think people know where i stand on this issue no i think that's i think it's a great point i don't want to punt on anything i feel morally about who i'd want to cheer for who i want to be uh, seen on a nightly basis who I'd want to be having be a representative essentially of the city of Milwaukee and as they've been saying as the state of Wisconsin I don't want that person to be someone that I would have to punt on morally so let, let's just say that and, and make that very clear but again if you're the type of person that can look past those things I'm not one but if you are don't you want that guy to be really good? Like, th- there is serious questions about whether or not Derrick Rose is a good basketball player at this point. Like, serious questions. And, and uh, that's not to... Uh, I, I guess it's not to just throw dirt on him and say he's trash, but there are serious questions about whether or not this guy would actually help your basketball team. So you're, you actually might be making your team worse while also making the perception of your team, the character of your team, the people on your team, your organization worse by adding him. So like that's a lose, 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 lose. Like there's there's no win in there. Even in the one out of 100 simulations where this ends up working out and being a great thing for your team in every single way there's just no way it's worth that risk there's just no way yeah i mean we're i mean what are we when did he get hurt the first time like 2012 or something like that i mean we are five years since derrick rose looked anything like derrick rose were multiple knee surgeries since then you look at what he did last year i mean he he had a respectable, solid season statistically in most respects, especially just sort of like raw stats last year, right? 18 points a game, lower four assists. I mean, you know, I, I, I get that, especially a casual fan would say, wow, former MVP Derrick Rose put up points last year for the Knicks, you know, a dysfunctional team. He actually like had some good games for them. But you kind of peel back the onion and it's just like, you know, any type of advanced metric makes it look like basically say, yeah, those were pretty hollow stats. It wasn't efficient. He was much more efficient than the previous year, still below average efficiency. If you look at like true shooting, I think he was about 53% true shooting, you know, didn't pass much. I mean, I, I just remember watching a couple of games and I specifically remember a game against Atlanta, um, in overtime and it was about Derek Rose and he ran pick and rolls with Chris Epps, Porzingis and just like, 
watching Porzingis like shoulders slump every time Rose looked him off. You know, I mean, we can we can say and that, that could well, be your star, Milwaukee. Giannis <laughs> could be doing that. I mean, we can we can say that you know, well, you know, he if he came here, he would be you know the fifth option. Well, he's the He's the guy who dribbles the ball up the court. So if Derrick Rose doesn't want to pass it to anybody, Derrick Rose may decide he's not going to pass it to anybody. And he clearly still fancies himself a guy that, you know, is a scorer. I mean, you know, compare it to um, – and it, I think Ty Windish had a, had a good joke uh, today about, you know, if the, the upside of Derrick Rose signing would be that that Russell Westbrook would be next based on the fact that the Bucks have already gotten the number two overall pick and number three overall pick from the 2008 draft being – Michael Beasley and OJ Mayo and Rose was obviously number one and number four was Russell Westbrook. So I guess you're moving up the charts, but, um, but it's like, you know, you know, it, it's very different. Like a guy like Beasley, first off Beasley, as much as, you know, there were concerns around his character and off court stuff. I mean, Beasley's always great. been considered more of a knucklehead, great. like just kind of like a, you know, goofball, like not like an externally destructive type guy. And by the time he got to Milwaukee, I mean, he had been humbled, right? He had gone to China. He'd been a backup reserve instant offense guy for the Rockets. Derrick Rose has never been that guy. Derrick Rose oh. has never been anything less than a starter who, you know, took a ton of shots. Correct. And he has always been basically trying to get back to the guy he was. And, and I, you know, I get that, right? He, he, you know, if he still thinks he can get there. I mean, he still has plays where he looks like the old Derrick Rose, right? It's not like he just uniformly looks like a shell of himself or something like that. But um, but he's a guy who, you know, you just, again, you peel back the, the, the layers of the onion and you say, okay, he's a guy who can put up some points not that efficiently. Um, I think after the All-Star break, he made zero three-pointers. He, he just stopped shooting three-pointers altogether, which was probably smart because I think he shot 21% last year. He's never been a good three-point shooter. So what do we always talk about the Bucks needing? Yeah, perimeter shooting, someone who can stretch the floor, someone who can spot up, someone who can shoot off the dribble. I mean, you know, guy, getting a guy who can hit floaters and mid-range jump shots, that's not really something that, like, you go out and try to find anymore. Like, that's not, that's not how you go and win championships anymore. Um, that's why Derrick Rose's team has generally been bad when he's been on the court. That's why, you know, again, his... You know, RPM, all the, I mean, it's all bad. Like, there's no, there's no hidden metric here that says Derrick Rose has actually been, actually secretly really good. No, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been a good player. He's been a far below average starting point guard in the NBA. And it's not to say the Bucks don't, shouldn't be thinking about their, their point guard position, right? Because we, we've talked about all the time. It's their weak spot, right? They have one of the worst backcourt, sort of like, you know, guard combinations. Well, I don't want to say, for a back, I think for backups, the Bucks are are doing perfectly fine with you know Delavadova, or even if you threw Brockton back there, if you had someone else start ahead of him. But clearly, this, the point guard position is not a, a strong suit for the Bucks right now, especially relative to their positions. And Derrick Rose is, I just don't see him. There's there's nothing really to say he's going to solve that problem. And what he's 29 years old, um, you know. Again, I I think charitably someone might say, well, you know, you just He's not going to cost that much in theory. We'll get to like what he might cost, but you know the Bucks almost can't pay him very much because at this point, thank God they are close to the luxury tax because it might save them from actually signing Derrick Rose. Um, but uh, but even if you took kind of a low low cost gamble on him, I mean I think the t- a team that should take a low cost gamble on Derrick Rose is a team that has a clearly defined starting point guard who Derrick Rose is just going to back up. And a strong coach, you know, like if you went to the Spurs or something like that, 
I wouldn't really worry about Derrick Rose, even though they don't really have much in the way of the point guards necessarily either. But um, but it'd be one thing if you went to kind of like a veteran team like that with a strong coach who could sort of like put him in his place. But, you know, I don't really trust that he's going to going to come to the Bucks and think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to keep my head down and play my 20 minutes and be an energy guy off the bench and, you know, help the second unit. Like he's going to say, no, screw that. Malcolm Brogdon, Delvadova, who the hell are these guys? I'm better than these guys. And it's like, well, I'm sure you can beat them in a game of one on one, Derek. But, you know, that's not, this isn't the NBA. What, you know, you're, you're not what you were. And, and that's not really what the game is about anymore. So. Um, so anyway, I, it's just it, I mean, we, we always talk. Right. And, and I think the, the saving grace, if there was a saving grace of like the Teladovic and Delvadova signings in particular last year. It was that they were clearly aimed to to making Giannis better, to complementing what the Bucks had in their young players. Getting Derrick Rose, who, you know, and, and again, I don't know what he would say in an interview if he would say that he's like past everything we've seen before. But everything in, in Derrick Rose's past suggests that he's going to want to be the guy and he's not going to go and make Giannis better. He's not going to spread, spread, spread the court. You know, he's not going to space the floor for you. And it's just what what's the appeal? You're going to get a few random Bulls fans from you know, Waukegan to convert to being Bucks fans or something. That that's that's basically the the strongest argument I can think of for for trying to make a play for Derrick Rose. And screw those people. I don't want Bulls fans. You guys can go watch your, your crappy Bulls team. Um I, I'm just anyway, I, I'm I'm not expecting Derrick Rose to end to be a Milwaukee Buck. I will I will give John Horst the benefit of the doubt until he does something very stupid as a GM of this team. But if you were to sign Derrick Rose, that would qualify you as a very dumb thing. And therefore, you know, we, we'd have my I would have my 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 finger on the on the switch to flip from <laughs> benefit of the doubt to piling on with all the rest of Buck's Twitter, which was basically doing that all today. Yeah, it was not a, a great day for the perception of the Bucks front office uh, among Bucks fans. It, it was it was it was just bad, and I think it was bad for all the reasons we just laid out. So with that in mind, my brain goes to, okay, Derrick Rose is an awful fit in Milwaukee. It doesn't make any sense. So if it doesn't make any sense from a basketball standpoint, like why would you do it? And I know in the past, uh, last summer, we ended up joking about uh, giving Dwayne Wade lunch in New York and hanging out uh, to help him create some sort of leverage. And obviously, he ended up getting a huge deal. But we never thought last year that that was that serious. And to us, it did seem like, okay, you're you're maybe doing someone a favor, an agent to, you know, I guess, curry favor with them down the road or something like that. So... Maybe the Rose situation is that same thing. I, I think for the most part in this situation, we've heard from Rose's side uh, that Derek would love to play in Milwaukee and Derek would uh, thinks he would fit well here. Anything we've heard starting with that first original story when Rose was in Milwaukee, yeah, I think so. Derek Rose would like a job next year. So I, I think any place that would be willing to meet with him. But going from it from a bucks perspective stop giving agents these favors like it, it makes you look bad and we've seen it a, a number of times where there's an age there's a player out there that's rumored to be and then all of a sudden it'll be 
oh, the Bucks might be interested. Who was it? Carlos Boozer? Car- Carlos Boozer, yeah. That's like, what I was thinking of. Like, that was a favor. I don't think there was ever a chance in the world that Carlos Boozer was signing with the Milwaukee Bucks. And it didn't do anything other than make you look stupid. Like, like that was the extent of it. And maybe somewhere down the road, I'm not thinking of the right deal, that Carlos Boozer's agent really helped out the Bucks uh, on a different contract or something. But at some point, I think as an organization, you just have to draw the line and say, you know what, we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. We're above that. Like, you can go to some other dysfunctional franchise and get your leverage there. Like We will not be those people anymore. Uh, and, and I guess maybe that's me just hoping for the best and hoping that there isn't actual Derrick Rose interest and this was just a favor uh, to his agent that, okay, sure, we'll bring you in, we'll help you create some leverage and we'll, we'll help you do this and maybe down the road you can help us out with something. Like, that's my, that, that's my hope right now, but, man, like, it just... It doesn't make any sense from a basketball perspective. Like I just can't wrap my head around what the thought basketball-wise could actually be. Because on the floor, it's mind-bogglingly stupid. Like I just, I, 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 I can't understand it. I think, and the frustrating thing, part part two is, it'd be one thing if the Bucks were just sort of, you know, taking a shotgun approach to sort of like meeting with 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 guys or. You know, we were hearing the Bucks connected with, you know, a dozen players or something like that. But literally, like, the only... Have the Bucks been linked to anybody other than Ben McLemore and Derrick Rose? Are those the only two guys that we've even really heard Correct. rumors of the Bucks being interested in? Which is just such a, like, a random thing. Like, I mean... If you want to do point know. guards, line them up. Bring in George Hill tomorrow. <laughs> like... Go for it. Like, if you're going to go after point guards that you don't have the room to sign, that you would only be able to have the room to sign if you made a series of elaborate trades, bring them all in. Like, why not? Like, if that's really what it's going to be, then even it out a little bit. Give me someone that I can attempt to feel good about you potentially have an interest in. Not just Derrick Rose. Like, there's other free agent point guards in there. Bring some of those in. Yeah, and and so we haven't gotten into the sort of finances of this, um, but but just to kind of set a little bit of the table here, because I think part of what's you know it'd be sort of just like garden variety annoying if the Bucks were not near the luxury tax and there was talk of them using like you know their mid level exception to to go sign Derrick Rose like that would be annoying. Um, but and and I did not see it. I heard a references to some people talking about Woj being on Sports Center tonight, talking about and again, this is a terrible way to conduct a podcast. But you know, I didn't see it. But apparently, it's been a, a, <laughs> put out there that that Woj suggested the Bucks were looking, and I think he tweeted something similar. But you know, the Bucks were looking to shed salary in order to make Rose an offer. And so part of the challenge here is because the Bucks are so are, the Bucks are you know, projected to be over the luxury tax once Tony Snell um, signs his contract. And so effectively, um, the, the long and short of it is, even though the Bucks normally, as long as they're, you know, far enough under the luxury tax, they would have the full mid-level, um, they would have the full mid-level exception, well, a non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is $8.4 million. The problem is, you know, th- that would be available if they could clear some cap space, quote-unquote cap space. I mean, they could clear, you know, fifteen million dollars. You know, they could basically give away Greg Monroe from free, and they still wouldn't have like cap space. So don't, like, there's nothing. Don't don't think about any of this as like quote unquote cap space. It's really just trying to free up 
dollars, so you have room to not go over the luxury tax, which again is but about one hundred nineteen million. That's only with the mid level, though. Like, right. if you and have to sign Derrick Rose for anything more than eight point five a year, you need to clear thirty million off the off the sheet. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think how many yeah, of those contracts you'd have to move. Yeah, you'd have to go. I mean, you'd have to get again since the cap's ninety nine. If you wanted to give him a ten million dollar deal, you'd have to somehow get to under ninety million in committed salaries. And like we said, you know, even with the Snell hole, I think you're at like one sixteen or something like that right now. So, um, you know, you t- you add on the fact that Snell his cap hold is five point nine, but he's obviously going to be making like I was estimating like a little maybe a little under ten if you assume max raise is in the forty four million dollar total. Like we haven't seen anything official on that. Um, you know, you'd be up. Um, close to 120, and if you you know you assume you're going to sign Sterling Brown, that that trade presumably goes official on July 6 when the moratorium ends. Um, you know you're probably going to be a little under 121 the way the roster is currently constructed, and the challenge is that the, the what's called the the tax apron. Um, that's sort of like uh, if you hear the term hard cap, it's usually it, they're referring to teams that that basically. Um, are not able to spend six million dollars over the luxury tax, and they're kind of different scenarios. Like if you get, if you pull off a sign and trade, like last year, the Bucks technically were quote unquote hard capped, but it doesn't really mean much because the Bucks were not close to the luxury tax, and the and the hard the the apron is is six million plus the the tax. So the the apron, so this hard cap number is like one twenty five point three, and and basically the Bucks can't use that full mid-level of 8.4 if it would take them like o- over the, the tax into that kind of region. So long story short, right now, the, the Bucks effectively have the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is 5.2 million. You can assume that's really kind of the number they're looking at right now with what they can kind of get to. And, you know, again, and so 5.2 million, like, again, I don't want to give Derrick Rose any number, so... That's starting point. Um, <laughs> but the most they can like go out and spend is is this, you know, five point two million dollars starting salary for up to three years. And the, the bottom line is obviously, you know, if you're at one twenty five or whatever, the you know, right up there at the tax apron level, um, the, the bucks are, you know, again, like I do not foresee a, a scenario where the bucks go and, and actually finish the season above the luxury tax. And the scary thing is, well, with, the, with you know, cap space becoming so precious now, even in the, last, in the last day or two, there's all this talk about teams coveting cap space and, you know, even renting, you know, quote unquote, renting out cap space where teams basically just sell off, um, you know, get teams to take bad salaries and provide some asset in, in which to do so. Um, I mean, there's no way. And I mean, I, I don't want to give Derek Rose $5.2 million, <laughs> even if I didn't have to do anything to clear cap space or, Correct. you know, clear tax room. The idea that the Bucks would go and forget a first round pick. I wouldn't want to attach a second round pick to John Henson or Mirza Toledovich or Greg Monroe, who's actually would help you way more than Derek Rosewood next year. There's no way I'd want to attach anything to any of those guys. Um, because I want to be able to, you know, if you get rid of Greg Monroe, then you could give Derrick Rose 8.4 million instead of 5.2. I don't want to give him 5.2. So why the, why the hell would I want to give up a guy who actually like plays well basketball well <laughs> in order to give a guy that I don't want more money? So, yeah. um, so it's it that, that's kind of I think where especially it becomes a little scary, right? Because it's like, well, I mean, it's it's dumb enough to go, you know, into the luxury tax and and create, you know, dig a hole for yourself to get Derrick Rose, who's, you know, again, we don't believe is, is doing anything positive for you to begin with. Um, 
But on top of that, to actually then go get rid of either a useful player like a Greg Monroe or, you know, those other guys could be useful, too, in some scenarios. Um, And then or on top of it, actually give up an asset for the privilege of signing Derrick Rose. I mean, that's just like, you know, that would be like, you know, again, I'm going to give the Bucks the, 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 the benefit of the doubt. John Horst, you're not that dumb. No. You're, you're going to show us that you're not that dumb. But if you did turn out to be that dumb, um, uh, I mean, I will, you know, just give me give me the blow, you know, give me the flamethrower. I'll go full scorched earth on on everything if, if you guys want. But um, but yeah, it's just so it's just kind of one of those things. And I thought Mitchell Mitchell Maurer, our friend over at Brew, I thought I thought he had a good post on it just because he kind of just laid out. It's like, hey, you know. It's kind of a kind of a tough time for Bucks fans. Credibility not doing so great right now after the last month of <laughs> stuff happening with the front office. So, you know, just don't don't give us you know don't give us more reasons to be paranoid about stuff, right? And and don't make the one free agent you go have a meeting with be Derek Friggin Rose of all people, right? Like even if we want to believe that you're not going to go sign Derek Rose, uh, you're kind of giving people a reason to think that you might go sign Derek Rose. So. Anyway, it's just like I don't know. Again, it, it it shouldn't be this hard. They essentially handed out of I don't even know how many today. Um, pallets full, semi trucks full of pitchforks, and I don't even know how many cans of lighter fluid they gave as well. That they were just it, it's ins- again it's crazy that that was the one meeting scheduled. Like if you. Even if you pair it with George Hill, I think it's so much better. But the fact that the only free agent meeting has been with Derrick Rose, it's just, I can't think of, a, I don't know, I honestly don't know if I can think of a worse look you could have this offseason. Yeah, I'm trying to think about it. I, I can't. Uh, Trade Trading, uh... Trading Chris Middleton for Carmelo Anthony or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's so bad. You know what? You know, this is the problem. Stuff like this happens. And then there did you see some uh some OKC blogger was like, oh, you know, the 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 Thunder might try to do a sign and trade with the, the Timberwolves as part of the uh, Taj Gibson signing in Minnesota. Just just basically, you know, like you, you could potentially do a thing where um Although I don't even think you can do this because I don't think this even works because I think I think a, a sign and trade would have to be for a three year deal and Taj is only signing for two years. But the, basically, the bottom the, the point was that this person was saying like, oh well, you know, if we if we can do a sign and trade with with the Timberwolves and we can get a fourteen million dollar trade exception and then you could absorb Chris Middleton and they're looking to shed salary. <laughs> and it's like that's the kind of stupid shit that people say <laughs> once that's you the give of, them the chance to do so. Exactly, and of course. Thunder bloggers at this point are like, you know, drunk off of fleecing the <laughs> the Pacers for Paul George. So they're probably now thinking that every team in the Central Division is just going to give them stars and give them like these super valuable assets for nothing. And, you know, now they're just kind of getting carried away. But but yeah, I mean, if you I mean, it's sort of like what, what we you know, we were joking about with Phil Jackson when the Porzingis stuff happens is like, well, I mean, I could sit here constructing rational trade offers for Phil Jackson, but the mere fact that Phil Jackson is seemingly making Chris Stapps available makes me think maybe I don't need to make him a real yeah. rational trade offer. Yep. So, um, so anyway, I, you know, again, I, I want to believe that the Bucks are not actually going to sign Derrick Rose. 
They would not. They they would certainly not give up assets in order to get rid of contracts in order to give Derrick Rose more money. Agreed. But you know, let's let's just make it very clear. You know, in our little in our little corner of of Bucks universe here, known as our podcast, um, I, I I don't know. I think I think we've made it clear where we stand on this, and now let's hope the Bucks go make some good decisions and. You know, it's not to say that, that that I think I think shedding salary I think is is going to be hard. I think that I think it looks harder than it was a week ago when I was trying to talk myself and you and the world into John Henson being not a negative trade asset. Um, same, same here. <laughs> but uh, but you know, there, there are ways to do it. I mean, again, like worst case scenario, you stretch Spencer Haas, you roll with what you have. You know, you could sign another. You could sign Jet. That, 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 yeah, let's just do that. Hey, here, here we go, guys. You finish Tony Snell. You sign him. You complete the trade for Sterling Brown. You stretch Spencer Hawes. You go give Jet the veteran minimum. You've got a functional roster. The East is spontaneously combusting all around you, and you still need to go and make a bigger play at some point for a bigger name. And you know, we can talk about Jabari and. You know whether you try to use Chris to get a star at some point. I mean, all that stuff is in play, but for now, let's just focus on you know not shooting ourselves in the foot with you know a shotgun or something like that. That that would be. It's like it's like Steve Von Horner and I always used to talk about just you know free agency, just do no harm, just just don't hurt yourself actively. And today got a little bit of a scare on that. Yeah, and I guess the other thing to kind of keep in mind was on. Well, let's see. I don't even know what day it was anymore. Saturday, when the Bucks were uh, rumored to be interested in Ben McLemore, um, to I, I I tweeted out that I'd be shocked if the Bucks are aggressively pursuing anyone or anything without making a corresponding move first. Just because I, I just can't see a world where, like you said, the Bucks go even further into the tax without being 100% confident that you can trade away one of those other contracts. And it just seems like it's getting less and less likely, and it's seeming more impossible that you're going to be able to move a contract and not have to give up assets. And like you said, I don't even want to give up a second rounder to to move some of those contracts. I don't even know if that's worth it, just to have that cap flexibility. So I, I... I keep wanting to, to go there, um, and that's kind of a place that I mean that's something I truly believe. I don't think they sign anyone without making those moves first. Um, I think some irrationality kind of came into everything today, just because of how poor uh, the the Derrick Rose move would be and how poor it looked. Uh, throughout today so i think you kind of respond in kind that when something so over the top something looks so bad uh like you just think in your head like okay now i have to go through all of these crazy things that could happen and uh to me i still think the biggest thing is i don't know if they make a move unless they trade something first because i don't think you can take that chance with so many teams trying to move things uh bobby mark's uh, today on the low post said that uh, I think his exact quote was the center market is dry. Um, the center market is dead. Something of, of that nature. Um, 
when he Zach had asked him about Mason Plumley and the Nuggets and what might happen there, and he was like, "Well, Mason Plumley's probably gonna have to do the qualifying offer. Like the the center market just does does not exist right now." Uh, so to me, that's that's kind of, you said it earlier. That's kind of my saving grace that uh, it's difficult to trade Sally right now. The market for centers is dry. There is no market to quote Bobby Marks. Like all those things just please me uh, when thinking about Derrick Rose. They do not please me in any other way, uh, but in the fact that that would keep them from trading for Derrick Rose, that pleases me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a good sign when you get to the point of being happy your team doesn't have flexibility so they can't screw stuff up. Um, it's not ideal. But, but, you know, again, this is, it kind of gets back to just the broader issue with, with free agency. You know, this year I think we're seeing is again it's it's a much better you know teams that kept their powder dry last year and you know you know and I think I think we've talked about in the past right? I mean we talked about last year we said there's no such thing as a bad two year deal last year right you keep contracts short that's a that's the the best possible way to mitigate your risk and you know I think that's generally something I know Nate Duncan and Daniel Rue in their their mock offseason pod you know they kind of references. It's kind of been long been a pet idea of, you know, people like us to say, like, we'll just offer like massive one year or two year deals. Right. Which is kind of like what J.J. Reddick got from the Sixers. Right. Just sort of yep. this idea of like, well, you know, you've got cap minimums, you know, you, you got concerns about long term cap flexibility. So just pay a guy some absurd amount for one year. If, you know, if your risk is, well, I'm just going to use this cap space on players that I don't want and, you know, potentially on multi year deals. Um, just just go spend it on one guy who's actually pretty good or pretty decent, and especially for an older player, you give them just a massive one year windfall. I know guys want longer term, you know, security, and that's probably why you haven't seen that many of those. Um, but obviously, there's a price at which you know guys will start to listen, and you know, again, you need to have massive amounts of cap space to necessarily make that sort of a scalable solution. You're not going to build a whole roster by just totally overpaying on one year deals, but um, but again, especially if you're if you're trying to keep sort of like that long term view of of the universe and you sort of accept the idea that, you know, again, you're not building you're not building for four to five years in the future through free agency. Right. You literally can't, you know, like last summer in 2016, like you basically you couldn't sign a guy <laughs> to a contract if your goal was 2020 or 2021. You couldn't sign a guy to a contract long enough for them to even be around that long on that deal or whatever it was, right? So the whole point is you're signing in free agency for the short term, and you have to get into a cycle of finding value and not overpaying, or or basically just sort of not hamstringing yourself so that you can you know hopefully draft well, find other bargains however you can. And then, you know, commit to those guys. But but again, not be hostage to, you know, feeling like you have to go spend every all your money every offseason. And I think obviously this summer we're seeing teams, you know, Portland Trailblazers, maybe the best example, a team that felt like, well, we're not going to have cap space next summer. So let's just blow it all this summer. And now they're at the point where, geez, they're going to be way into the luxury tax. And, you know, you hear them, you heard all this talk about them potentially trading away picks in order to get rid of bad salary. So, um so anyway, it's it's you know it, it is in many ways sort of predictable that that we kind of got to this place. Um, you know, we talked about it last summer. You create sort of this artificial scarcity with um, with all this money chasing f- relatively few players in an off season. Guys are going to 
get overpaid and then there's going to be a correction the following year and that's sort of what we're seeing and i think it's generally a good thing but unfortunately you know the bucks are not a team that has a clean cap sheet right now and so they they are not among the teams that can necessarily take advantage of that and that's that's really i think going to be interesting too is these teams with cap space um you know, we, we normally talk about them being the teams that, well, are they going to go out and, and throw money at, you know, Otto Porter, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, guys who, you know, until Otto Porter had the talk of the Kings and other teams offering him a max today. We haven't really heard much about those guys in these, these last couple of days. Um, but, you know, there, there is going to be a market, it seems, for those teams to rent that cap space and get assets for it. And, you know, I would say for the most part, especially given a lot of the players who get traded in those deals, probably not going to be bad players. Um, you know, that, that probably at this point next year or two might be a much better way to use cap space than to think that you're going to go be able to create cap room and then go spend it wisely. Because, again, free agency is the least efficient place in terms of, you know, getting value for your dollar. And um, unfortunately, the Bucks, like many other teams, know that all too well. All right, Frank, I think I'm... I don't even know. I was going to say thoroughly depressed, but I I don't know if I'm depressed. Just just probably a little on the frustrated side. Um, I think depression would occur if the move would actually happen. Um, I'm not even going to say it out loud. Just the move that we've discussed throughout. If that would actually happen, then I think depression would set in. But uh, for now, just a little frustrated. Um, and don't really want to think about it anymore. So I think we're going to be done. Is that okay with you? That's okay. I think we, we need like a rumor involving someone who is not Derrick Rose. Um, like I said, or, George, or George Hill is ready. His market has been a little <laughs> disappointing. Sign him up. Bring him to Milwaukee tomorrow. He's ready to go. If you need, will, if you need me to set it up, I, I'll try to get in contact with his agency. Bring him into Milwaukee. Yeah, there, there is a, a change.org petition already circulating to oppose the idea of Derrick Rose coming to Milwaukee, which is the first time I've seen that. So congrats to Derrick Rose on being the first player to inspire that. Um, and, and of course, like I still get a lot of, I mean, there's still a fair number of people who are just like in my mentions asking me like, well, why Derrick Rose is still better than what you have. And I, I'm, I'm not even like responding to that. Cause it's just like, we're, we're on different. We're just in, we're watching different games right now. I'm just, I'm going to avoid talking about that. But anyway, um, again, Derrick Rose might be an okay basketball player, but there are just so, 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 so many reasons why the Milwaukee Bucks should not be the team where he plays basketball next year. And, um, yeah, let's leave it at that. Let's hope this is the last of our, like, Derrick Rose anxiety oh, podcasts. Um, but... You know, at least at least we're giving at least we've got something to talk about. I don't wait. No, it might even happen. No. no, okay. I would much rather have us create topics than have <laughs> have to talk about this. Make up, make up fake John Henson trade trade ideas. Yeah, I would love it. That sounds great. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's gonna be it for us for Locked On Bucks today. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I don't even know. I'm trying to think when the perfect time to listen to this is. I hope you don't do it in the morning on the 4th of July. Like I hope you're able to enjoy your 4th and to have some hot dogs and burgers and shoot off some fireworks and have a beer and just have a great 4th. Maybe this is maybe this is the come down. This is like your your Wednesday listening, but man, uh, I hope everyone has a great 4th despite possibly listening to this. Um, Which I don't I don't think I have to normally say about our podcast, but uh, this is a special case. So this has been Lockdown Bucks. That was Frank Mann. I'm Eric Name, and we will talk to you later.